Welcome, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl. What's an Ish Girl? She's someone who has humorous grace with herself after discovering she's messed up or flaked out again. Something that comes in handy if you're working with or raising middle schoolers. A former middle school teacher and mom to two teens of my own, I know the hair pulling, heart filling, crazy making, and joy filled experiences that come with teens. I created the In the Middle of It podcast for teachers and parents just like you who want to support and impact the teens in your life. Each week, I'll be sharing stories and strategies to encourage and equip you so that you can truly become the grown up your teens remember, a meaningful mentor who helped them find their way. Well, hey there, I am so glad that you're hanging out with me today because I have someone fantastic to introduce you guys to. Now, before I introduce you to her, there were a couple of things that I wanted to say ahead of time, because before I met her and talked to her, I had some preconceived ideas about the topic that we're going to be chatting about today. So if you have teens, you might have noticed that they are being encouraged to choose a path of study to follow, even to choose a career that they're working towards at a very young age. Now here in Texas, the education agency has actually mandated that kids choose an endorsement at the beginning of high school, which is basically a program of study that requires studying four years of the same subject with each class a prerequisite for the next, almost like a college major. So this requirement started the year my son was a freshman in high school, and we weren't sure how it was going to impact things like getting into a state university. And what would happen if the track he chose as an eighth grader ended up being something that he didn't like. Would he be stuck going through the rest of the classes during high school? Now, he is a sophomore in college now at a state university, by the way. And what we found is that the fuss around endorsements was a whole lot of nothing, really. Our district figured out that there was a multidisciplinary endorsement that was really already baked into their graduation requirements. And it turns out that universities aren't paying attention to those endorsements anyway. Now, I have to admit that I was super concerned at the beginning of this whole process as we helped our son walk through picking out his track. Now, I firmly believe that 14-year-olds don't need the pressure, nor do they have the maturity to choose what they want to do for the rest of their lives. However, After talking to my guests today, I have a new perspective on having our middle schoolers explore what they might want to do when they're grownups. Tamara S. Raymond is a certified leadership coach, career strategist, and award-winning author. She has a passion for supporting kids and adults as they explore their unique strengths and interests, and her programs help them define what they want to do with their futures and help them tap into their leaders within. I have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed her book, Careering, A Pocket Guide to Exploring Your Future Career, and it's something that she and I are talking about a lot in today's episode and in my next episode. And if you want to find that book, you can definitely go to my show notes for this episode and find a link there directly to be able to purchase that book, which I highly recommend. Now, I especially love her take on leadership that we talk about today, and I plan to use her framework to talk to my own kids about what it looks like to show up as a leader no matter where you are. I cannot wait for you to meet Tamara, so let's dive in. 
thank you so much, Tamar, for being here with us today. I am just super excited to have this conversation with you about careering. And before we started recording, we were kind of talking about the idea that I remember having when my kids were kind of finishing up middle school. And because that is largely my audience's middle school teachers and parents, I just remember being very overwhelmed and thinking, oh my gosh, my kids have to decide a track now because in Texas, you have, you have to decide a track. It's almost like a major in college. And at the time we didn't know if it would affect college applications and entrances and admittance and all that kind of stuff. So I would love to start because you have this great book called Careering. And I have to say, I was so very impressed with it because what I love about it is, and and we'll get into this later, is how much of a workbook that it is. It's so much more than just informational, although it is very informational, um, but I love that it was in a workbook format. So now that I've chattered on (laughs) and and just babbled here a little bit, I would love for you to jump in because I think I was a little surprised by your answer about your thoughts on choosing a track early on. Absolutely. So in terms of having to choose a track, I have extensive experience with that, (laughs) personal experience, in fact. And, you know, a lot of my friends had that same thing growing up because I actually... Uh, went to high school in Jamaica. And we very much have the British system. And with that context, we had to choose a track. So in you know the first year or two in high school, which is the equivalent of middle school here in the United States, right. we get to choose, we get to take most subjects. And then after the first two years, you have to choose a track. And that could be business or science. So it's even within that generic category of say science what sciences what subjects do you take you know so even within that there are decisions to be made so I completely understand the concept of having to choose a track and make decisions and that's one of the reasons why you know I wrote careering to encourage people to explore because sometimes we can get stuck in a particular area or field because that's the track we chose or because that's what is expected of us. You know, we're fourth generation doctors, lawyers, whatever the case may be, or, you know, there's just for some reason, anxiety and stress around making a choice. And one of the things that helped me was growing up, I got the chance to play and explore. So, you know, my mom worked in a bank and she was an operations manager there. And I got to go and sit and have the experience of what are they doing? At the time, I didn't know that was job shadowing, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because I was so young. Um, I think it started when I was maybe five, actually. So, hey, it's never too early to start. (laughs) Right. Or staying with a family friend who was a doctor and being around him while he was, you know, in his practice. And so there is a lot that you learn from just exposure and trying out new things and seeing, well, what do I like about it? What don't I like about it? And, you know, sitting there, I thought, oh, no, I did not like it when I saw he was taking blood and doing all that stuff. (laughs) Honestly, the same is true today. It's very interesting. Something I found doing this with myself and students is for the most part, yes, what you study may vary, what you do in terms of profession may vary. But a lot of times your interests start really early. I love that. 
Yeah. So the things that, you know, I was never the person to, you know, take a computer apart and put it back together or much of a gamer. Mm-hmm. I'm still not, <laughs> but I'm very <laughs> fascinated by the people who are, you know, and it's interesting because um, using the tool I use, the Bertman method, I remember my very first moment, my um, mentor and friend, um, she's passed now, but she was so fun. I remember meeting her and she looks at me, looks at my Bertman, looks at me, looks at my Bertman and says, wow, you have to hire somebody to screen your light bulb. And I'm like, finally, <laughs> somebody who gets it, you know? And so that interest or lack thereof has remained pretty consistent, I must say, you know, through life. I not like that I that. can't, but it's not my area of interest. And so you know, even if you have to choose a track, it's okay to explore. And that's when I say, start using your resources. You know, your, um, if you're a student, start reaching out to your teachers and your parents. Um, so you might be able to get exposure in a field that you never would have thought possible. Well, that's what I really loved about your book, Careering, is you give such practical step-by-step, not just advice, but almost marching orders, I would say, even down to the point I loved, there are several points where you're like, say this, and you know, it's in quotes, like, here's what you can say to ask for a recommendation, or here's what you say when you've started the job or the internship that you have or, or whatever. It's, it's just very practical advice that I think as a parent, you hope your kids pick up on things. And I th- I'm sure as a teacher, you do as well, but sometimes it's just not by osmosis. Sometimes you have to really spell it out. And you did a wonderful job of doing that in your book. So I would love to know, it, it sounds like you uh, just from learning a little bit about you, you have been part of this careering process for your, for your career. Like that has been your path and your trajectory so what inspired you to write this book for kids? And, and it really is just, just so that my audience knows it's really directed towards probably more high school students and maybe kids in early college, that kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. But, it's but fortunate I'm, to everybody, no matter what stage you are, it could be yeah. for kids who are earlier or later and adults can use it too. But in the writing of it, I targeted the students who, you know, who I felt had the most anxiety and it would be easiest for them to read. And so, yes, definitely high school, early college. Well, I like that you, you use the word anxiety, because again, going back to what we were saying a second ago, I think our kids are experiencing some anxiety of, oh my gosh, if I choose this now, you know, what if I change my mind later? And so that's conversations that I've actually had with my own teens that, you know, I think my husband and we graduated from college almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Almost 30 years ago. I had to think for a second. He's the only person I know who is actually using the degree that he went to school for, because it was a very specific, it was like construction engineering and that kind of thing. Everyone else I know has gone through metamorphosis several times and reinvented yeah. themselves or changed careers or just completely, you know, and, and like you said, their interests have remained the same, but what they've done with those because it has changed. And I would say, because there are jobs that are available now that weren't even a thing, probably like five to 10 years ago. So it's just the way things are moving so quickly, there's so many opportunities. Absolutely. 
And that's definitely something to take to heart. And my background is also in human resources, recruiting, organizational change, leadership development, you name it. So as you can tell, I've had my own journey yes. <laughs> before settling into coaching. And in the world of you know recruiting or hiring, which I did a lot of for many years, people who would apply for positions, a lot of them did not have a degree in the specific area, unless, as you mentioned, it was specialized. And even then, um, I had someone who was an engineer, um, a metallurgical engineer, in fact. And when they take a look at what they wanted to do, you know, we did their Bertman, which is that assessment I used, you know, they decided, oh, wow, could it be that it's okay for me to do marketing? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, going from that specialized field to, you know, an interesting market, which the company was happy to support, because guess what? Now you have somebody in the marketing department who really knows the product, right. knows the company really well. So, you know, a lot of times, even in the world of IT, you know, I have people who their bachelors might be in something else, and then they have certifications in some uh, something related to information technology. So I say that to say, uh, you know, I didn't get a human resources degree. I got an undergrad degree in psychology. Yes, related, but it wasn't human resources, you know, and that was part of the exploration process. So it's okay. And um, that's one of the things I also wanted to relay with my book. No matter where you are, it's okay. And you're not alone. And we all have questions at some point. And if I can have somebody, you know, just reduce their, you know, sort of this anxiety or questioning, even if it's by a week or a month <laughs> or a year, right. as in my case, then I consider it well worth the effort. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in fact, one of the things that, um, because I highlighted several things that I just wanted to touch on that I, again, I love like the, again, this is so practical, so practical. You're talking about some jobs and I'm scrolling here to try to find the exact quote. Okay, here it is. Sometimes you may feel there's a distinction between two kinds of jobs with one type, you're there just to make money. And with the other, you're focused on career building. But you must remember, you can learn valuable skills at either. And I love that because, again, one of the things we've talked to our kids about is, yes, like have that dream job, that that thing that you, that goal you're moving towards, but understand that you're not going to start out necessarily at that dream job. You're going to nope. start out, you know as a hostess at the local Mexican food restaurant or working in a, an office as the copy person or, you know, whatever it is. But again, you get in there and you do that job as well as, and with as much focus and detail and enthusiasm as you would your dream job. And that's going to help you get there faster. And I really feel like your book does a good job of talking about that. In fact, I would say for me reading through it, I love the beginning part where it's kind of this workbook and you have lists and you kind of go through and have them journal and you encourage journaling as people are on the job or in the internship, like coming home and jotting down notes, which I love like journaling right now is kind of, you know, the drum that I'm beating because I think it's so important, but I also feel like the advice that you give for once you're in the position and how to show up and be a good employee 
is just gold. Like it is just really, really well done. And I think, let me see, because I know, again, I highlighted all kinds of stuff. Okay. I love that you included a checklist to um, go through on your interview day, like making sure Mm -hmm. things like wearing professional attire and your clothes are clean and unwrinkled and grooming yourself. I I love that. And then this, showing your manager you have initiative, are conscientious and solution focused and are someone he or she wants on the team. These are key qualities that make a good leader. Again, and this is something that I talked about recently in a previous episode that a lot of times I think there's been this mindset that you're either born with that or you're not. It's a personality thing. So I'm an extrovert and I know how to do this, but Truly, these things are skills, I think, that people can practice and improve and grow like muscles. I couldn't agree more. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And one of the things I've noticed, you know, as a leadership development coach and in my varied professions, brand but related professions over the years, I've come across leaders who have a diversity of approach. (laughs) you know okay diversity of personalities you know so the introverts are like me you know or the extrovert or what what have you and at the end of the day there what I saw that made them successful it wasn't their title and it wasn't even their role because we had I came across leaders who you know was the receptionist like Mm -hmm. they the roles that they took on and one person um, who was in that role who took on being a leader where she was at uh, by the time I left that organization was the HR manager so you know it's about taking on those characteristics wherever you are whether it's in school if you're a student or taking initiative you know in your job whatever that looks like And these people, some, again, are like me, a little introverted, you know, need to think about it, strategize, plan it, and then act. (laughs) And some who jump in and act. But one of the things that I've noticed that's consistent is the willingness to ask questions, to listen, and to take action themselves when needed. And if they're leading a team, allow the opportunity for their team to learn and grow. And that that to me is by far the consistent trait because whichever personality type you have or whichever approach you take at the end of the day, that's really not it. We all have the capacity to be leaders, whether you, you know, stay at home moms are by far, you know, the greatest leaders I've ever come across, you know, making sure that their kids are taking care of the homes running, like that's taking initiative. What does my kid need? Where do I go? You know, there's so much that goes into that, that, you know, so many of us take for granted. So it's not necessarily about a title or a role or a job. You know, there's nobody like teachers. <laughs> and if they aren't leaders, I don't know who, are, who is. <laughs> right. You know, so taking on the growth and development of our kids, you can't get better than that. So whether you're a teacher or someone who, you know, people I've worked with who are CEOs of billion dollar companies, there's differences in terms of, you know, who, what your personality is or even what your interests are. But there are some things that are consistent throughout and it's sort of this learning mindset 
the capacity and willingness to ask questions, to listen, and to have courage. Take that action, you know, whether you feel comfortable with it sometimes or not, as long as you know it's the thing for you to do. I love what you're talking about as far as showing up as a leader, because I think that that's, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, because it, it sounds like just to kind of recap, you're talking about how you show up no matter where you are, what you're doing, whether you're a janitor yes. or, or a billionaire CEO or wherever you are showing up with the courage to ask questions, because I think that. Yes that can be really hard sometimes, especially for kids, especially when they are approaching adults, whether it's teachers or parents or whomever it is. So asking the questions and then the listening part, it's not just the listening, I would say, it's the listening and being able to receive critique. Absolutely. Not take it personally and, mm -hmm. and look at, look at it as growth rather than anything than judgment, I would say. And then there were two more. Tell me again what those last two were. So asking questions, listening. Yes. And being willing to take action, even that, when it's comfortable. Yes. Taking action for sure. Like it's one thing to just think about it and think about it and think about it. But there comes a point where you have to take action. And one of the things I firmly believe too, is that clarity comes from taking action. So even if you're not hundred percent sure taking the action will help narrow things down and, and give you that clarity that you need to, I think. So I completely agree. That to me is the key to it all because I've had people who may say, Oh, you know, I like English. I want to be a writer. And then you decide to write and you realize, Hmm, why did I have fun writing that paper? But now I'm having trouble. <laughs> right? I don't want to do this anymore. What was it about it? So then it's going back and taking a look and exploring, well, what was it about that particular paper that you liked? You know, it could have been that you had the opportunity to present it or argue a particular point of view, but you wouldn't have known that if you didn't take action. Right. Okay, if you haven't picked up on how enthusiastic I am about Tamara's book, Careering, let me just say again, what a great resource this book is. And Tamara herself, is a treasure. Thank you so much for Tamara for hanging out with me today. I so appreciate you being a guest on In the Middle of It. And I have to say that the fun doesn't stop here. Next week, I'm sharing the rest of my conversation with Tamara as we talk about the life skills our kids will gain as they begin exploring careers. And not just older teens, but our middle school kiddos too. If you're interested in grabbing Tamara's book, and again, I'm going to just throw it out there again, I highly recommend it. Or if you just like more information about her and her coaching services, etc., just head to the show notes for this episode at theishgirl.com forward slash EP132. There I have links to her website, to her book, and I can point you in the direction of her social media handles as well. Okay, friends, I am so glad to get to hang out with you today. It truly is a privilege. And if you found in the middle of it to be helpful, I would love your help getting the podcast ranked higher in middle school parenting and teaching on iTunes. I would love for more people to hear this message. So here's how you can help. First, share the podcast on your social media and tag a friend. 
Second, leave a review on iTunes and drop us five stars. If you're not sure how to do that, check out my show notes. I have step-by-step instructions if you want to do that. And third, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and that you turn on downloads so that you never miss an episode. I super appreciate your help in spreading the word. Okay, from an ish girl who is looking forward to a weekend away to celebrate my baby's 18th birthday, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. (laughs) 